And we are live for episode number 12 of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And tonight I'm here with, well, it's really not tonight yet, but tonight I'm here with Nick and I'm here with Alex. How are you guys doing? Eaters. Oh, uh, this is the best day of my life. Having the best day of my life. Pretty incredible. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I get to spend awesome. time with you guys. What could be better than that? Nothing much could be better. Uh, maybe maybe a bullpen that uh, lived up to expectations. Doesn't blow games. Correct. Yep. Um, that that would, would be, be much better. better. But Yeah, we're recording uh, right before the Yankees take on the Oreos in game two of their four-game set. CC taking the hill tonight. So we're going to record an episode before then. We'll be out before the game starts. Um Yankees were through seven games of the season, still very early on. The Yankees are four and three. And, you know, let's just start off right away. We're going to go through uh, the three games that have happened since our last show. But let's just start off with um, the bullpen, who we thought we thought the Yankees bullpen would be the strong point of this team. And through seven games, it probably still will be there's still a lot of season left but so far um it's been noticeably be noticeably bad and it's not just patansis you know when you go you see chad green go out there and just get ragdolled you start to kind of scratch your head a bit and say what's going on here um i'm just going to read some of the eras from the bowl i could go like deep into the numbers but i'm just going to read some individual eras from guys from bullpen uh green's at 4.5 right now kane leaves at 4.91 patansis 6.75 D Rob's at oh, up above 12. Um, Adam Warren's 3.86. Chappie's at uh, flat three. And then there's Jonathan Holder. I just wanted to add this in there for a little comedy. Jonathan Holder's at a 40.50 ERA. That's so, pretty good. Um, better days for the Holder man. Uh, he's probably going to be on the Scranton shuttle pretty soon. But yeah, so the bullpen just as a whole really has been struggling. Uh, it seems, you know, this night it's Canely, this night it's Green. And, you know, I had a bit of issue with how Boone managed the bullpen and, you know, a couple of those games, but overall it's nothing to do with Boone. The bullpen, you know, you're putting these guys out there, you're putting Green out there, you're putting Canely out there, whoever you're putting out there, they're just not getting the job done. Um, just think that Robertson last year uh, as a Yankee since from the trade deadline on, since they acquired him, only allowed four earned runs. In that one appearance against the Blue Jays, he allowed four earned runs. So that just – just puts in a little perspective of, you know, just how, just how poorly this bullpen has performed. So do you guys think this is a, you know, this is just a blip on the radar or is this a legitimate cause for concern? I think it's, it's way too early, I think, to still be legitimately concerned about the bullpen. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's a little, it's along the lines, like they're still warming up. Like it's, you know, it's April 6th. And the season started a lot earlier than it would have normally. Um, and it's been consistently, you know, 40 degrees in uh, the Bronx so far this season. So, like, um, it just – pitchers are not used to working in that. So their stuff has not been as good. And I, I once it gets warmer, I think they'll be a lot better. It's just been a case of they, they're just trying to work through um, – the weather and just uh, a lot, a much earlier start to the season. Yeah, I agree. I think a week in, we can't rush any any decisions here. It's funny when, uh, aside from Chapman, Adam Warren has the best ERA in the bullpen in a bullpen that I know I mentioned on a previous podcast. I said it could be the best bullpen, bullpen in history. I look really great for that right now. But each one of these guys, it seems like, has had like a massive meltdown in a game. If you count and, Shreve, who's had one appearance, he has the low because he had one inning uh, where he didn't give up a run. So technically, he has. But out of well, even then, even that, Jason yeah. Shreve has the best ERA, exactly. and that's you know that's not something that you would expect. So yeah, man, I think it's early. Um, you really hate to lose some of these early on games against teams that might not necessarily be considered like upper tier uh, cream of the crop in the MLB because every game counts. You don't want to, you know, lose a division by a game or two and look back at these first couple games and be like, man, if only our lockdown bullpen or bullpen we thought would be locked down would take care of this. Uh, I don't want to tell Yankees fans that last year the bullpen was a struggle for probably the first half of the season until we finally traded Clippard and got some reinforcements with uh, Robertson and Canely. So I would really – 
me personally, I'm not worried about it. Um, give these guys, like Alex said, let it warm up, let them break in a little bit. I'm not worried about it. I think the Yankees bullpen is still going to be locked down. It's just what happens a week in. Uh, you, if you have your off games, you know, in the first week, it gets really over magnified when you look at the stat sheet. So I'm not too terribly worried about it at all. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think any of us should be worried about it. But I think it really is just surprising more than anything the fact that you know that was the one thing that we just weren't worried about too much. You know, the bullpen. You have so many guns. You have so many guys that could just shut it down and yeah i mean they i guess they just need a week or so to ease into the season but you know with got with bullpen guys you know of two three bad weeks that could just damage your ERA the whole season you know because you're not going to get that many appearances so yeah it's going to be it's going to be uh interesting to see even tonight even the next couple of days how uh how boone manages this bullpen you know who's going to be the first guy out of the pen because you know i I don't think D-Rob's pitched the last couple games, but, you know, I don't think you're going to be seeing Green tonight. Um, maybe probably see Canely. Uh, but Tantas had a, had a nice little bounce back perform- outing last night. I believe he gave up one hit and struck out the – all three of his outs were strikeouts. He walked so, a guy. Yeah, That's just kind of how he rolls is he walks people. But, yeah, like you said, struck did out the Batantis, side. Did Batantis walk today? Yes. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, but it it's weird, though, because usually the way that – things normally goes to start the season the bats are usually a bit hotter than like pitchers pitchers usually take until you know a couple months in the season to get to get going but the bats to begin the season are usually hot and the yankees overall you know with this great lineup their bats haven't been exactly on fire um the only two guys that have really hit well i mean the, really the only guy that's been mashing the ball is dd you know he dd's hitting uh i think his on base percentage is up over 500 he's hitting close to 400 it seems like every single hit is an extra base hit i don't i think he only has like a couple singles you know one I think he has that one yeah i think like that blue pit and maybe one other but that's it um yeah he's been unbelievable uh we're going to talk about this more a little bit later but judge you know the last couple games hitting a home run each of those two games he looks like he's just picking right up Picking right back where he left off last year at the stadium, where I believe he hit 33 home runs last year. You know, he's just just mashes at Yankee Stadium, and it's probably because it's just like a little kiddie park, you know. But hey, that's 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 another story, right? Like, Aaron Aaron Judge only hits all those home runs because of how small Yankee Stadium is. Well, and the same with D.D. Gregorius, right? According to uh, some podcasts out there that say he's just yeah. hitting them over the wall there. Uh, Anybody see the uh, you know ALDS game five last year when he was whacking them deep into uh, the field that progressive field? So yeah, all the Yankees they just hit wall scrapers in Yankee Stadium. That's that's all it really is. Yeah, and you know the right field of Yankee Stadium. That's the only stadium where you can hit a little. You can not get all of it and uh, still get out. It's definitely not like at Fenway where you can hit a two hundred ninety foot fly ball and have it get out. Yeah, or like any fly ball to left field in Fenway is going off the wall. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Um, let's uh, just review the games from the week. Uh, let's start with the game on Tuesday, the game that was supposed to be Monday, but got snowed out. And then I look, I'm gonna admit, I literally thought there was no chance they'd get the game on Tuesday, but they did, and it was miserable. But they got it in, and the Yankees picked up a win. They won it 11 to four. Um, you know, let, I'm gonna just, I just wanted to talk about this a little so in that game uh jordan montgomery started that game he went five innings two hits one run four walks four strikeouts um you know it was the right move to take him out but in a 4-1 game in the sixth inning aaron boone put in jonathan holder now i said on the on holder's pinstripe preview i called him the trash man and that he would only be in games that were like eight run games so i was proven wrong right away but what what did you guys think of that move to put Holder in a the sixth inning in a four one game, especially when the Yankees had the day off yesterday? You know, they, it wasn't like yeah. they were playing their twelfth game in twelve days. They had the their whole bullpen was rested, and Boone goes in and puts Holder in the sixth inning, and the Rays tie the game. And I know the Yankees wind up winning the game by seven runs, but you know that's a move that if they lose that game, that there you know there's articles on top of articles being written about that move. So. What did you guys think of that? Did you have a problem with that move? Because some some people some of us in BBB didn't have a problem with that move and said, "Oh, Holder has a job on this team; he needs to pitch better." But you know, and I understand all that. But 
I didn't think it was the right move to put your 13th best pitcher in that spot. Oh, I definitely have a problem with it. Like you said, it'd be one thing if they were coming off, you know, a back-to-back-to-back where some of the guys were tired, but why are we putting, like you said, the 13th guy in in a 4-1 to game? That's a close game. That could change pretty quickly, and it did. The game did get tied up, so I don't know, man. I think we can still call Holder the trash, man, but instead of maybe him coming in in low-leverage spots, it's because he has a 40-and-a-half ERA. Um, and maybe that's a little harsh because he has, you know, that came in all of an inning pitch that day. But we kind of said this uh, earlier in our podcasting season here that we didn't necessarily think Boone was going to have a set formula of who to bring in in any given situation with the bullpen. And that has been beyond true, but I don't think it's what we wanted. Um, I think we were kind of hoping he'd ride a hot hand or go with maybe if, you know, in the ninth inning, if there was, you know, a right-handed heavy, uh, you know, part of the order due up, you go to a Robertson instead of Chapman, something like that. I don't think we were talking about bringing Holder in, you know, to try and defend a 4-1 lead um, in high-leverage situations like that. So Boone's definitely made some very interesting and very questionable calls so far. Again, I think it's under a spotlight right now because it's the beginning of the season. I think that these things happen throughout the course of the season, but when you haven't had a lot of good moves to go alongside it and you only have your bad moves, then it gets over-magnified. So, again, I kind of want to put this in the, you know, it's early uh, kind of place here and not freak out about it too much, but uh, it's definitely something to watch how Boone is going to use this bullpen going forward because it has uh, been kind of a roller coaster for Yankees fans to watch this so far. See, now how I kind of looked at it was like, <clears throat> at that point, it was only the fifth game of the season. So it's like Boone is almost just trying to get like a feel of when to put pitchers in and stuff, and like he's still testing everything out. So he just threw Holder in to just be like, okay, um, I'll – We'll put him in here, see how he does. And, you know, obviously really backfired, um, which it was not the best move, especially with the day off. But he was just trying to, like, you know, figure out what his eventual pecking order of of pitchers to, to put in would be. So, obviously, now he knows don't put Holder in when you have a three-run lead in the sixth inning. But... I like I don't expect him to do that again. I think he was just trying to he was just experimenting a little bit. See, here's my whole thing, because I've heard that argument, like, oh, he's experimenting. And like like people use that example with Batantis. And when they uh Boone brought him out for the second inning and you know he loses the game for him. I, I said to myself, wait a minute, what do you mean Boone has to see what he has? Oh, now we know now Boone knows what he's got with Batantis. Did Boone not watch the Yankees last year? Did Boone not see what the hell Batantis was last year? What do you mean you don't know what you got? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need to, like, this isn't, like, trial and error time. This is the regular season. You're, you're trying to win games. And Boone putting Holder out in that situation, I was, like, I was flabbergasted. I, I was literally oh, shocked that he put Holder out there. Because I said it right away, right when he was warming up, I said, you guys have a problem with Boone putting Holder out here? And then it was just like, you know, batting practice, base hit, base hit, base hit. So I don't know. I mean, they won the game and, you know, I, I hate to get like too caught up, but like, I, I just keep noticing these little things that, you know, it's like, Hey man, you shouldn't be putting Jonathan Holder in a three run game in the sixth inning early in the season. Oh, I totally agree with that because it's not like the Yankees don't have good options. Like you're saying, you have a green, you have a Canley, you have a Robertson, even an Adam Warren that I would put in beforehand. So yeah, the you know obviously the Yankees won, so it kind of gets swept underneath the rug. But the game got tied up; it put us in a position to no longer be winning, uh, if that makes sense. The way I put that, so yeah, I agree. It's one thing to kind of experiment, but why are we experimenting by putting literally the last guy in the bullpen yeah. in a kind of high leverage situation like, like situations that? Situations that are doomed to fail. Like oh, correct. Now for a second inning, what could go wrong? Now and it'd be one thing if he'd brought Holder in, say it was you know, a five-run lead, six-run lead, some garbage time in a game before, and he struck out the side, something like that. Well, then, okay, then he'd have a little bit of grounds to at least, you know, the next game say, maybe we'll try moving you into a more high-leverage situation. But to put him in like that where – correct me if I'm wrong. Was that his first appearance of the year? I think it was his second. I think second, he, had one, well, he had one in Toronto, I think. Okay. Still, coming in like that, that's one thing. Like, I understand the bringing Dellen in for his second inning, you know, earlier on in the season – Build his confidence up. Dellen's been great in the past. Jonathan Holder, we're, we're not quite sure yet. He's been good in the minors, but, you know, the big leagues is something 100% different. 
See, now I'm the exact opposite of you, Nick. I do not understand bringing Dellen in for the second inning at all because yeah, Dellen's not a two-inning pitcher. He's, no, he's not. for pretty much the entire time, he's been the consistently good reliever for the Yankees. He's been the eighth inning guy who maybe they bring yeah. in for one out in the seventh inning to get out of a jam. Like he's he not looks, a guy who can go nasty. two innings. He looks nasty for like one. He gets those two outs. Like, yep, get him out. Yeah. Like, get him out. He, he well, just – And the, th- the thing with him – Pitches or balls, get him out. Like, okay, he got the out. The thing with him is he only has two pitches, and if one of those is off, if he has no control of his fastball, no control of his curveball, he has one pitch, and he only throws that one pitch. So you can't – it doesn't matter that his curveball is really, really good – you can't go two innings throwing one pitch, especially to a team like the Jays, who their lineup is not as good as it was, say, in 2015, but they still have guys who can hit the ball. So having him, just trusting him to go that second inning was, I, I don't understand Boone doing that at all. Well, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with the fact that, you know, you say that Dellen isn't a, isn't a two-inning pitcher. I that much I agree with, but again, to me, I thought that was maybe more of a confidence move to say, hey, go out and get your other inning in because I don't have to tell you that Dell in you know, the second half, half of last year was not very good. The guy couldn't throw a strike, and he was pretty much blackballed you know, in the playoffs, uh, getting replaced pretty early on when things were going awry in the playoffs. So that's all I was saying. I'm like, man, we're early on in the season. Maybe try and let the guy get some confidence in a high-leverage situation now as opposed to the end of the season. Obviously, in the end, it wasn't a great move. So that's where I was coming from it, uh, you know, on that. So I don't know. Like, I get you got to try some things early on in the season. Um, but I'm just saying, I may be assuming Boone was just trying to build the Batances' confidence up. I approve of that experimentation a little bit more than the Holder one, I guess is what I was trying to say with that. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, some other notes from that game. Uh, that was the game where Stanton struck out five times. Um, that was also got booed. Yep, he got the, booed. the home the home opener, not the Dell and two inning one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I was about to say the uh, the game, the Rays Yankees game opener. If I may, real quick, actually on the oh. on the whole booze thing, um, you know, I, there's two ways to look at that. I'm sure a lot of people are like, look at these spoiled freaking Yankees fans, all this and that. But uh, on a local radio show out here that I listen to quite frequently, I was surprised the host came out and said. You know, I applaud the Yankees fans for doing that because they have expectations. Um, it's not just like, oh, man, we're, we're happy we got a star player, yada, yada, yada. Like, they're going to hold their guys accountable. This guy's a White Sox fan um, that talks on the radio out here, and he says, I want my guys or my fans to, you know, have that standard of we want you to play. You strike out five times, that's totally unacceptable. And, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to burn John Carlos Stanton at the stake or anything, but, like, I think that to me it was almost cool how, like, some guy who's not a Yankees fan was like, yeah, I'm behind the Yankees fans for booing him. Um, he had a bad game. Obviously, he's not going to strike out five times every game. Um, he's got three home runs now on, early on in the season. He's going to hit a lot more. So I just thought that was interesting, a little interesting tape, because I thought surely all the non-Yankees fans, you know, on the outside looking in would be really opposed to that. But no, this guy, like, I'm on the radio out here is like, yeah, I'm totally behind that. So I don't know what you guys feel about that, but I was kind of like, yeah. I don't know if I would have booed, but I get it. Yeah, the uh, thing the thing I, with Stan. I, I, think, I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna say I would have booed. Like it depends how I was feeling. But like, man, five strikeouts is just like that. That's a terrible performance. Like they're not booing Stan. They're booing the performance. Like five strikeouts yep. in your first, uh, you know, start at Yankee Stadium, your first game at Yankee Stadium. Like that's that's just awful. And you know, it it makes up for it a little bit. Like not that anything makes up for striking out five times in the game, but you know, he did hit like he hit a home run in his first at bat as a Yankee, which is just awesome. Like that's something that will just always be a thing. You know, the first time mm-hmm. Giancarlo Stanton stepped to the plate as a New York Yankee, he went deep. So that that that's just awesome as it is. But yeah, I mean just five strikeouts, man. He that's not good. But the next day he, you know, first at bat, boom, four hundred fifty eight feet. An absolute bomb. Um see yeah. now I think it's actually pretty good. That, that like it it'll help him that that happened to him because playing in yeah, Miami for as long as he did out early you know yeah exactly playing for in Miami as long as he did the Marlins don't have the f- even close to the fan base the Yankees do and with that and like the Yankees media the Yankees are a much more difficult team to play for like mentally with the fans and the media so like the fact that Stanton had to deal with the fans and understand what they're like booing him in his first game after f- for five strikeouts 
it's a good experience for him to get rather than say when, you know, it's the playoffs and all of a sudden they start booing him and he doesn't know what's going on. And especially, you know, how he, um, first at bat the next day, it's a home run and he kind of just bat flipped. And I just took that as like, yeah, well, this is what you guys get for, uh, booing me yesterday. So I think, I think overall it's going to help him just kind of adjust to playing in New York as a whole. Yeah, well, it helped him a lot that day. That that was the day that DD just absolutely went off. Four for four, eight RBIs, two home runs. Um, yeah, uh, I just, you know, we're not going to get too much into this because, you know, all the numbers. But we need to extend DD ASAP. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's pretty clear. Um, DD needs to be the shortstop for the future. He needs to be locked up. He's just, he's really, he's be- before our eyes, he's turning into just a guy that, if he stays healthy, looks like he's going to be consistently hitting 290, 25-plus homers and playing a great shortstop. I mean, what more can you ask? Nothing at all. Nothing. Well, and he's – the guy's a star. Like, I'm just going to say he's a star player. He's a two-way player. If if this team didn't have a Judge Stanton and Sanchez, like, Didi Gregorius would be getting a lot more attention because he's got 30 home run power. His defense is outstanding. So I, I just look at him, and, I mean, he's been walking to start the season. I think that was yeah. the one complaint people had in his game coming into the season is that it just maybe lacked a little bit of plate discipline. But, you know, he's been taking his walks early on in the season and, you know, a four-for-four, eight-RBI performance. That's legendary. So I'm 100% behind that. Um, I don't think we need a Manny Machado to play shortstop. I think you keep Glaber Torres at second base when he comes up. I say you let Didi hold down the shortstop. Um for the long term because he is a star. Uh, people don't realize that because he's in a star-studded lineup that he gets overlooked in, but I'm 100% behind that. You need to extend him some way, somehow. Um, by the way, the correct term is extend. Uh, to re-sign him would imply that he's not under contract anymore. Let me just get that out there, throw a little bit of shade out there. So yeah. I think that we should extend uh, Didi Gregorius. By the way, if you need to know what extend means, ask Dandy Gregorio. He'll hook you up. <laughs> um Anyways, um, shout out to uh, Ryan Toms who wrote the uh, article on our website about extending Didi. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. Um, let's stop using the term extending Didi. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, so Didi, that is some sort of euphemism for something. Didi's, uh, Didi's numbers to start the year um, he's nine for 23. Eight of his nine hits are extra base hits. He only has one base hit, that little bloop. Uh, two home runs, nine RBIs, five walks. Um, which is, you know, very surprising. I think he only had like 30 last year. So, you know, he's walking a bit, 517 on base, 391 average, having a great start to the year. Um, yes, the game Wednesday was the first game of hopefully many that Judge, Stanton, and Gary all went deep. And, uh, you know, John Carlos' home run was a bomb. Judge's home run didn't seem like a bomb, but it was a bomb. And Gary's home run, he didn't think he even got it. And it, it found its way out. So, you know, hope, hopefully we see that a lot more. Uh, Seve started that game, and he was just phenomenal. Uh, he went into the eighth inning, seven to third, two earned, seven strikeouts. He, second win of the season already for Seve. Uh, Blake Snell is not that good. But, yeah, that, that game uh, – that game, yeah, that game Wednesday was just almost a perfect game where, you know, Seve goes in the eighth, starts, you know, starts running into the tr- some trouble in the eighth. Warren comes in. And then I found this interesting, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. You know, Chapman came into that game, and it was a five-run game. And I kind of liked it. I, I don't know, because if Chapman right now, I think you could make a strong argument that if you – okay, right now, I know it's still early, and I know you really can't put too much value into – these bad performances, but if you had to say, all right, wh- who's the one reliever you trust most in this Yankees bullpen right now? Like to like for tonight's game, let's just say if there was one guy that like, all right, you need three outs. Who do you trust the most? I think it's Chapman. I think it has to be. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So, no, and I'm I with you. I, I really like how they brought in Chapman. It's like, I don't mind. Let's say by the end of the year, let's say if he's in, I don't know, 45 save opportunities. Why, why can't he be in 20, 25 additional games where it's a one run deficit or a five-run lead or it, whatever it is. I, I think Chapman deserves, and I think he's shown that he's a dirt – like, you wouldn't think Chapman was the type of guy that 
would be able to go multiple innings. But I think Chapman, as he, he's almost like CeCe's kind of evolved. I think Chapman's kind of evolved as like a closer where he could go, you know, he could get five outs for it. He could, you. Know, he could go a couple innings. And I think. Are we talking to Joe Madden? Hello? Is this the Cubs manager, Joe Madden? <laughs> I think he could go eight innings and throw 100 pitches in two days. Uh, I think he really can. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. I'm no, I, I completely agree with you there. I, I 100%. I like that move. Um, I don't necessarily think it was more of a, like, let's lock this game down and be sure. Although I think it does cover that base. I think it was more of like, hey, let's get Chapman some, some work in and. But whichever way you want to look at it, uh, absolutely works for me. As Luigi kind of alluded to, I agree. That is like the perfect Yankee formula, that game. You got Judge, Stanton, and Sanchez all going deep. Like, that is what you want. Um, he hit it on the head. Severino was cruising, man. I thought it, in today's day and, get, day and age, you don't see this often, but I thought he might have had a shot at a complete game. Obviously, ran in some trouble. But his, he was cruising, and he had a pretty low pitch count for a lot of that game. So I thought, well, maybe eight or nine. I think I, said, I think I said this in the business chat or some chat. In the three, inning, three innings, I believe it was either the fourth, fifth, or sixth. I think, yeah, I think it was the fourth or the sixth. He had 25 pitches in those oh, wow. innings. Like, yeah, he was just – he had like seven pitches, eight pitches, and ten – you know, just – literally less than 10 or less fewer pitches each three innings in a row. That's video game-like. You know? Oh, dude, that is video game-like. Yeah, and was- honestly, like, I, I look at it and I'm like, seeing Judge and Severino pick up last year where they left off, to me, has been huge. Uh, earlier on in this podcasting season, I mentioned Judge was kind of my X factor. I want to see him rebound. I was I was a little afraid when he might come into the season and he would hit like 200 with only, you know, 30 home runs and have a, you know, a down year. I was afraid that that slump might manifest itself and affect the season. And it's clearly not. He's, he's hitting dingers now, still hitting for average, still getting on base. And then Severino, as I kind of mentioned, you know, when I was talking about Sonny Gray being my Yankees uh, Cy Young candidate here, uh, I kind of mentioned there might be a little bit of a sophomore slump with Severino. And that is absolutely not the case. Uh, he was mowing guys down and that's the formula you want, you know, have your starting pitcher go six or seven, turn it over to the lockdown bullpen and take that W. So I don't think there, you could really draw up a better game for the Yankees than the one on Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, I, I know that I just wanted to really quickly mention on Tuesday's game that Montgomery pitched very well. Uh, I think he got bailed out a little yeah. bit by uh Gardy. I, I think yeah, Gardy threw uh, the guy at home during his start, but Pose. yeah, he, Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, Monty battled through it. Pitch count still too high. That's a big problem for him. But yeah, every start it's, it seems like every start from every starter has been good. Uh, but then the game yesterday, uh, that was a tough one. Uh, it was a you know it was a very uh, you know I was like tweeting for the game and it was wasn't much to tweet about for the first half of the game. You know it was zero zero through five. Uh, the Yankees only had like one or two hits. I think Wade uh, had their only hit through yeah, until Judge hit. hit the home run. And judge hits the home run in the bottom of the sixth, opposite field, makes it one nothing, and then the Orioles scored five runs. Uh, Adam Jones gets a two-run homer off Tanaka, um, and then he, I believe, he allows another hit. Green comes in, was just bad. <laughs> I mean, he came in, allowed three hits, only got two outs, two earned runs, and yeah, I mean, just. Just continue to add on to the bullpen struggles. The the Yankees though they had a chance to win that game at the end. Uh, in the eight, I believe it was the yeah in the seventh inning they Austin left guys in first and second, and then the eighth inning Neil Walker left the bases loaded. So that game was there for the taking. The Yankees just couldn't get that big hit that they needed. But you know overall a really good start for Tanaka. He started off great, ran into some trouble at the end. His final line was six and a third, six hit, three runs, seven strikeouts. But he gets the loss, and yeah, that's a tough loss for Tanaka. I mean, as I was say, you know, it was a tough, tough one to swallow for Tanaka because he really just made that one mistake, and you know, Boone probably should have taken him out right after, but you really can't blame him for not because you know, a lot of times Tanaka is just gonna give up that home run and then rebound and get the next few guys out. But yeah, well, and as the guy who, as we've kind of talked about Yankees pitchers coming into the season, I've been very down on Tanaka. Um, He's kind of shut me up to start. Start of the season here. He's had two very solid performances. I mean, last night, I will take six and a third, you know, only three earned runs and seven strikeouts from Tanaka every time out. That's a huge improvement from from last year. And, you know, he did give up his homer. Obviously, we've talked about the home run problems, but uh, and he gave up one in his other start. But if you're keeping it to, you know, between one to three runs, you know, allowed, 
I'll take that every day. And yeah, like you mentioned, the Yankees just couldn't get that big hit. Um, Cashner was on it, man. Uh, and in fairness, he had his best season, you know, in the big leagues last year. And a lot of people kind of said, well, the peripherals aren't really there. Uh, peripheral pitching statistics, which would suggest he'd maybe regress a little bit this year, but he's keeping it going. The Yankees got, you know, shut down by, by a hot pitcher and it's really unfortunate and it sucks. I mean, at least, you know, judge got a home run off them continues to stay hot. Um, but yeah, man. Um, kind of going back to that bullpen, Chad Green came in and kind of wet the bed. That's that's tough to see. You don't want to see that. You know, a guy who was just he was just filthy last year. I mean, honestly, of all the Yankees pitchers last year, he might have had the best just just raw stuff. I mean, his fastball just it's he throws it so hard and it just moves so much. Uh, I don't know if there's a better fastball in the game, and I'll even include Chapman in that because he throws a really you know hard fastball, but there's not a whole lot of run to it like Green. So. Again, I think they'll get it going. It's really frustrating to lose these games early on because they're games that you feel like you can win and you want to pick up these wins against, you know, I don't think I'm being very controversial when I call the Orioles a, an inferior team because they are. Um, they could, I think they, them and the Rays will be duking it out for last in the division. Um, by all accounts, a lot of people consider their pitching staff to be the worst in the league. So hopefully the Yankees rebound tonight. It'd be really nice to see them take at least three of these four games. I think if you split this series, that'd be a, a colossal disappointment. Yeah, um, we're going to we'll preview the Orioles series to end the show. But really quickly, uh, I just wanted to highlight three guys in the Yankees lineup who just really have been struggling. So the first one is, uh, you know, Stanton so far start the season, despite getting the three home runs, he's five for 27 overall. Um, Guardy to start the year is five for 29. And, you know, Alex had a good point before we started recording that. You know, Guardy also started last year off just terribly through, like, the first month of the season he was hitting 200. Um, and then there's the big one, really, is Gary, who's two for 26 to start the season. I mean, that's – like, you know, it, it's – like, we always – we keep saying, you know, you can't overreact seven games. But, like, a two for 26 stretch is a two for 26 stretch. You know, that doesn't matter what point of the season. Like, that's a slump, you know, and it, it's – it's a really bad time to, you know, have a slump, you know, because you're always going to have, no matter how good of a hitter you have, you're always going to have a couple slumps in the season. And, you know, to start the season with one just isn't what you want. And, yeah, it's – I mean, Gary, it's it's weird, though, with Gary because it's not even like his plate discipline just – plate discipline's just been awful. You know, that was like a big problem for him last year against Houston. He was just swinging at terrible pitches. Like, I haven't even noticed that from Gary that much. Yeah, you know, he's swung at a few bad pitches, but – He's not two for 26 because his plate discipline has been so bad. You know, he's two for 26 because, you know, he just hasn't been squaring up the ball. And I, I, he's going to get out of it. He's a great hitter, but definitely just something to keep your eye on early on. Yeah, he's, um, he just, he's, he's been missing a lot of pitches. Like you said, he hasn't been squaring it up, but he's squared up a few of them he's just, where they've been line drives just right at people. So if he's had even a little luck, he could be, you know, five or six for 26, which, Still isn't wonderful, um, but it's not as bad as you know two for twenty six. So he could still he. I don't expect him um, to be in this slump for that much longer, just because he did a home run the other day. Um, on that, he didn't even he didn't even square up in, at all because he didn't think he uh, hit it out. Mm -hmm. But I think overall he's he's going to break out soon, just because he's looked. He hasn't looked as bad as the numbers say he has. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I remember Machado. I, I just want to say real quick. Like, remember Machado last year? Like, if you looked inside his numbers, like he should have been padding so much higher. You know, he was hitting like on the low 200s. And you say, well, actually, he's just been getting really unlucky. Like, he's been barreling the ball up a lot, but it, it's been catching it. So it, it happens. We all, we yeah, all no, I think you guys are putting it pretty perfectly. I mean, Gary's a guy that's, you know, 30 home run potential and and in fairness to to Gary here you know the Yankees trotted out six starters last night that were hitting hitting under 200 you know it's it's not like the offense is just him obviously he's one of those six so he's not doing his part but you know the Yankees offense as a whole has been a little cold to start the season but but uh you know this happens so I look at that and you know Stan was the NL MVP last year I'm not very worried about him he'll he'll get it together he'll you know hit 40 50 home runs he'll have an upper 200s average if there's one guy out of this group that I was gonna that I would be concerned about, I'll say Brett Gardner just because he's getting up there in age. He's 34. 
you wonder maybe is this you know a little bit more decline i'm not going to go there yet if it continues over the next few weeks then i think that's a very fair conversation to have but overall i'm not really worried at all about these three guys it's early on they'll get their hits you know you can have a two for 26 you know slump at any point in the season it just looks a whole lot worse when you have it in the beginning of the season kind of like what i was saying with the bullpen is your good stats aren't there to kind of cover that up so it gets really exposed and kind of highlighted so i don't know i think gary's gonna rebound he's gonna be big for this team just just give it some time and he'll get back up there yeah um hopefully you know it's a great time to rebound against uh this weekend against these matchups. And let's go into that. Let's uh, do a little preview of the remaining three games on this set against the Oreos. Uh, really quickly give you the pitching match for those games. Tonight we have, um, if we're listening to this, recording this Friday. So if you listen to Saturday, it's already happened. But we have CC Sabathia going up against Kevin Gosman. And tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, we have Sonny Gray going up against Chris Tillman. And then we have Jordan Montgomery going up against Wright. So. Three matchups where you know, the Yankees probably should be getting some hits. You know, probably yep. probably should be uh hopefully they're not gonna be getting shut down. I mean, look, Cashman didn't shut them down, but definitely pitched very well against them. And I think they're gonna have some success against Gosman. Uh I just wanna say the last time uh, that um the Yankees faced the pitching matchup was Gosman versus CeCe on a Friday night it was last year, and the Yankees won that game 14-11. After being down nine to one, so mm, what a just a th- just a thing to look out for there. That was the Matt Holiday walk off game, right? That was the Matt Holiday walk off game. Can I just and say that very Matt- plan game? Don't forget that. Yeah, I would take Matt Holiday's forearms in a fight against a bulldozer. I just want to throw that out there. He's one of the most <laughs> jack dudes in the MLB. Him and Gar- him and Gardy last year, the Bald Brothers. That was funny. Oh, um, fun times. Tonight's lineup for the Yankees is Gardner in center. Judge is in right, Stanton in left, DD cleaning it up at short, Gary behind the plate batting fifth, Neil Walker at first batting sixth, Brandon Drury playing third batting seventh, Tyler Wade playing second batting eighth, and Miguel and Duhar DHing. So no Tyler Austin. He's been struggling a bit. Um, I think, think it's the right move. And Duhar hasn't, you know, he hasn't been hitting well either, but I think this is a big chance for him. He's got a got to show that he belongs on this team and he hasn't done that so far this season well and kevin gossman allowed six runs in what four innings his last start out he allowed three home runs three home runs so look for the ball to fly around the yard tonight at least it should you were saying the yankees should probably get some hits i'm going to just say the yankees should get some hits and need to get some hits because this is a guy that i think they can feast against and they need to cc's obviously cc's a good pitcher he'll keep you in the game but he's not one that i might say is going to, you know, guaranteed hold you to, you know, one or two runs. He might give up more like three to four to five-ish area. So be sure you get your serial offense tonight, support the big guy in the mound, and I think it should be a win. It also, um, it, according to weather, it's 60 degrees in New York City right now. Nice. Everywhere so, but Ohio is having nice weather. Hey, down here in Florida, we don't worry about that. Like, we, I'm in Massachusetts, Nick, and it's like 40 degrees, so I feel you. Hey man, I got your mom is 40 degrees. I got shorts and a t shirt. Got me there. Let's let's just enjoy the Florida weather, right, boys? Hey, Luigi, what are we going to talk about next? How's about this next next matchup of Sonny Gray versus Chris Tillman? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Anyways, enough about the greatest state in the country. Uh, Yes, Sonny Gray. Let's see how he rebounds it, because you know that first start. I need more. I need more than four innings out of Sonny Gray. And I know it was the first start of the year. I know you know he's going to be pulled a little early, like all pitchers are. But that was a problem for him last year, where a lot of starts he had the stuff. He had that you know strikeout stuff where he's getting two strikeouts per inning, but he just doesn't. You know, he his pitch count's too high for him to go anything anything past the fifth. So, and especially with the, with the way the bullpen's been pitching, and especially after, you know, they're going to have a night game and then a day game, Sonny Gray is going to need to go deep in that game. No, I don't disagree with that. And I I honestly wasn't too terribly upset with Gray's start for it being his first start out. Yeah, obviously he allowed, you know, 10 base runners. That's not good. But bottom line is he only gave up one run and struck out eight. So it's good to see he's got that strikeout pitch working again. I keep going back to this for just about everything. It's it's early on in the season. It was his first start. I think, you know, three games in the season, three, four games in the season, you figured you could probably turn to your bullpen, you know, in the fifth inning and they'd, they'd hold a lead for you. 
obviously that didn't pan out. Um, so yes, I agree. It Gray needs to, you know, ideally get to at least six innings in. Um, and I think he will. Again, I think just a little bit of rust. I'm I'm thrilled to see his stuff's there and he's striking people out. And I think that's huge. If he can get some ground balls and, and strike some people out, I think he's going to rebound this next time out. I'd expect, you know, at least I'll go, I'll say six innings. He'll go at least six innings. You can uh, take it to the bank, write it down. You heard it here f- first, folks. So he's going against Chris Tillman, who by a lot of marks was the worst pitcher in the MLB last year. He had a 7-8-4 ERA. Uh, that was only in 93 innings, but it's not good. So I'd expect the Yankees to get the win regardless of Gray, but I think he'll bounce back in a, in, in a big way. And again, we had a lot of a lot of uh, spirited debate about this in our uh, Bronx Bomber Ball group chat about was Gray's first start good or bad? And again, I'm going to say for the first start of the season to only give up one run while striking eight out, I think he could do a whole hell of a lot worse than that. So that's my take on the Sonny Gray thing. I think um... – Gray to me is just a very strange pitcher because he has such good stuff and you can see it, but he's another one where he's kind of frustrating because he doesn't utilize that. Um, And like last game, he went four innings, which, you know, four innings, like Nick said, is not good, but his stuff was good enough that he still had eight strikeouts. So it's just, it's almost confusing where to the point that you don't know what he's going to give you. Um, and I think, I do think tonight he will hopefully at least have a little bit of a bounce back from that and work a little bit uh, more efficiently. But well, even if he doesn't, even if he goes five, four or five innings again, um, the eggs, they can, they can survive that as long as the bullpen doesn't implode again. Because well, I, I hate to break it to you, Alex. Sonny Gray is not going to have a bounce back tonight because he pitches tomorrow. That that and that's I just what I was thank, talking about. I, was, I want to thank Alex Ware for all his work on the Bronx Bobber Ball podcast. This is his final show. <laughs> all uh, right, guys. You luck with your, uh, could be in here. Your, I'm, I'm gone. Your future endeavors, but in all seriousness, again, I know everybody's trying to harp on this last start, but again, it was his first start of the season. Um, it'd be one thing if this guy was like a Nathan Evaldi or Michael Pineda, where they've shown flashes of brilliance in the past, but just could never harness it in a consistent manner. Sonny Gray's had very good seasons in the past. Now, granted, he's about a year or two removed from those, but he's had some lights-out, outstanding Cy Young caliber seasons in the past. So it's just good to see that the stuff is there for me. I wanted to be sure that that stuff was still there. And I think as the season goes on, he'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, if we're talking about this in three, four weeks, oh, Gray went you know only four or five innings again, then we can have that discussion. But I think for the sake of you know fairness to Gray, you know, let's let him see what his start that – Alex thinks it's tonight, but it's really tomorrow. Let's see what happens then. Right, right. Um, Alex needs to, you know, learn what day it is. Uh, <laughs> and then the game, the game Sunday, the pitching match for Sunday. Uh, Mike, Wright, like I, I only said right junior because I was literally looking. I said this could be like one of twenty guys that has the last name right. That's just like an average ass pitcher that p- pitches yeah. the A at least. Yeah. But it's Mike Wright Jr. who, you know, hundred forty nine and third career innings, five point eight five ERA. Um, in his first start of this season, he went five innings, four hits, three runs. Um, so really, the Oreos starters—they're almost all the same pitch. They're all—they're all okay, you know. They're all like those decent three, four guys, but you know, none of them are really one or two guys. And- the only one I can see um, eventually becoming like a more top throat line guy is Bundy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cashner at one point was like that guy. Like when he was in San, in the San Diego system, he was coming up. But yeah. I thought he was going to be like a great pitcher, like a perennial all-star type guy. He had the stuff, and he still may. But Luigi, yeah. I'm just going to call you out here because uh, you called me out for not knowing that uh, <laughs> Gray's star was yeah. tomorrow. But uh, Cashner did not go through the I'm San Diego when, system. Yeah, he came through the Cubs system. I'm saying when he was on San Diego, when he was you know coming okay. up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway. I want to thank Luigi and Alex for their contributions <laughs> to the Bronx Barberball podcast. This Big is not going to be the next Scott podcast. Now. Hey, you know, um, we're my aunt talk about how great Sonny Gray is. My aunt, my uh, subscription to the Andrew Kashner fan page ran out a few months ago, so uh, <laughs> I, forgot he, uh, I forgot that he came up through the cover system. But yeah, he, I, I know for a fact that he was a young pitcher on the San Diego Padres at one point who was promising. And yeah, that was my point. Um, so 
don't appreciate well, maybe it. to get back to my co-host undercutting maybe. me there but <laughs> we're just what undercutting each other all over the place but maybe <laughs> getting back to the the sunday matchup there you know you look at right right junior and he's been a pretty bad pitcher his career era is 585 so you'd hope that the the yankees would would shell him around but at times for me, like, I don't know if you guys remember, like, Miguel Gonzalez, I think was his name for the Orioles. Like, just oh. largely mediocre pitchers mm-hmm. seem to give the Yankees he would always times. He would always dominate them. Yeah, so let's let's not get that going with uh, Mike Wright Jr. here, and let's, uh, you know, put some runs up on him. Jordan Montgomery started out the season strong, so look for it to continue. I, I'm going to say the Yankees will win the next three games uh, and take the series three games to one. Yeah, it would be it would definitely be big, especially with the Red Sox coming up uh, Tuesday through Thursday. Um, yeah, they re- it's going to be inter- the thing I'm going to be looking for. Not so much tonight with CC because you almost know CC is going to go f- between like four and six innings, but really with Gray and Montgomery, I'm really looking to see you know how like their pitch count, you know how many pitches they're at in an inning because. You know, if either of those guys is at, you know, 17 plus pitches an inning, it, it's it's going to be an issue because I think both of those guys need to just cut cut those pitches down. They need to go deep into games. It's, especially, I mean, look, because you know guys like uh, Severino and even guys like Tanaka are going to go usually pretty deep. You know, those guys have pretty good – Super deep. Play. So yeah, deep. So, exactly. Balls so deep. You, <laughs> so, you know, so you know balls deep always. So you know that – your top two guys are going to give that for you. But, you know, if you get your bottom half of the rotation, excluding CC, because we don't expect him to go go deep in the game. But if you get your your second-year sophomore pitcher and then your your big uh, trade acquisition from last year, if you get those guys to consistently go six-plus innings, it's going to take a lot of stress off that bullpen. Who's had, like we said, has had a rough start to the season. And no matter how good they are, we know they're going to recover. But – you know, it'd be nice if one like our starters could just go six, seven innings to you know maybe give them some much needed nights off because you know if Gray and and Monty start struggling and if it's a five, uh, they have a five spot in the second inning, then it's not going to exactly help out that bullpen. Yeah, and even though um, even if the Yankees bullpen is so good, they can only pitch so much, and they do have a lot of options. But if two of the pitchers in the bullpen or two of the guys in the rotation are only going four innings a game, that's going to really hurt the bullpen. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, anything else, guys? Anything else we want to talk about? And the game's about to start in like an hour, so we got time. But yeah, is there any anything else in the Yankee universe that we want to discuss here on the pod? Um, I just want to give a big shout out to Dan DiGregorio, Andrew Natalizio, and Max Horton for bringing Bronx Bomber Ball to the Yankee Stadium, doing some fantastic Snapchatting. Um, if you're listening to this and you don't follow us on snapchat please go ahead and do i believe it's just bronx bomber ball correct yeah it might it might max, pop up as max Cotton, not max horton not, not horton. Here's a oh i'm sorry i so well yeah i'm a big dr seuss guy at the same time my god well look at now circle's complete we're all fired we're all we're all out this, oh, pod, this is the last episode of yeah. the podcast. It was great doing this with you guys. Yeah, yeah I'm actually going to blow my computer up after this. I just <laughs> I soiled it. So yeah, it not, looks not like it, it, it's episodes. it's Bronx Bomber Ball, no spaces. Um, it might pop up as Ryan Toms because uh, he's the boss now. Uh, we had a change in leadership. I want to give a big shout out to Chad Rains who, you know, me and him, it was him. It was his idea to start Bronx Bomber Ball. You know, I don't know what year this would be. It was three, four years ago. It's been a while now. Um, he had a Jan Hervis Talarte tune when tune characters were a big thing on Twitter. It was basically a really stupid-looking cartoon character of a baseball player with their name spelled wrong, and you'd do a bunch of tweets with the names uh, or the words spelled wrong. So he has accepted a position, an internship with the Mets. If you saw the retweet uh, that said "Let's go Mets" in our Bronx Bomber Ball feed. That would be why um, we absolutely do not wish the Mets any kind of success, but we wish Chad Rains all the success okay. and looking forward to starting a new era with uh, Ryan Toms in charge. So that's pretty much my bit for the uh, miscellaneous here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, appreciate all that Chad's done for the blog. Uh, really, we're we're really we're the lo- one of the big time Yankee blogs, and you know Chad and Nick were the two guys that. You know, started. I've only been here for not even a year, so really appreciate what Chad's done. Uh, we got Ryan will be just referred to as the boss. You know, just like George is referred to as the boss. BBB Grandmaster. Yeah, he's just the boss. You know, like almost like almost like he's in The Sopranos, right? You know, what are you gonna do? Um, 
Oh, one yes, more uh, thing. One more thing, yeah. real quick. Um, if you're following the Bronx Bomber Ball Snapchat and you receive any what you may consider to be inappropriate Snapchats, um, please let us. <laughs> please let us. Please let us know right away. Just, just, just let us know. <laughs> that would be imperative, and, and we'll do what we can. The uh, the Snapchat is shared amongst several members of the group, so you just don't know when one thing could lead to another, and all of a sudden you're seeing some Bronx Bomber Balls. And uh, we want to try and keep that to a minimum. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's really hard All to right. follow that up. How do you re- how do you rebound from that one? <laughs> um, yeah, like we, you know, Snapchat. Be safe out there, guys. Uh, but really, we're gonna have. I believe Vinny and Andrew are both at the game tonight. Um, so. Andrew will be there calling the game over in the second and, inning. And, um, yeah, as he does. If you follow Andrew on Twitter, uh, once the once there is a walk or once something bad happens, um, the game is over. It is done. The Yankees have lost. Um, yeah, yeah, well, that way you don't have to watch the game. We'll let you know when the Yankees allow a runner to get on base. It's game over, according to Andrew. So when you see that tweet, you can say, oh, I'll just stop watching this game and do something more productive with my time because the Yankees are going to lose because the games are decided in the second and third inning. Absolutely. No, comebacks aren't a thing. Um, the Yankees, hopefully they have a good weekend. Tiger Woods is playing golf. Hopefully he makes the cut. Um. And yeah, that's that's our show. We're gonna get this out to you guys hopefully before the game starts. Um, it's good to have baseball back. Hopefully, I think there's supposed to be uh, some more bad weather come through the Northeast in the next coming days. So hopefully, they get all the games in. It was hopefully. snowing up here in Massachusetts for yeah, about three or four hours this morning. So yep, um, that's just wonderful baseball weather. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that but that's our show. So we'll have obviously our episode Sunday. This was a lot of fun. Uh, got a little NSFW at the end there. Uh, oh, super, super duper. But that's how we like to keep it. That's that's the Uter spirit, guys. That's what we do. Um, for Matt, for Nick, for Alex, this is the Bronx Fire Battle Podcast. Yeeters. Yeeters. We'll see you next time, guys. Bronx Bomber.